I'm Renee Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. Make sure that you like and subscribe to our weekly sermons so that you don't miss what is happening here at Bethel Austin. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. And most of all, we pray that you would have an encounter with the living God today. Father, we do thank you for the anointing that breaks the yoke. Such a good prayer because I'm talking about spiritual warfare this morning. Taking the land. Come on, Jesus. Uh, but I got some good news before we go into that. How many people like good news? How many people know good news is spiritual warfare? The testimony of Jesus, Revelation 19.10, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The, the testimony opens up atmospheres. It carries the, the unction and the anointing that God is willing and able with anticipation to do it again. Uh, I'm just going to wait for you to get excited. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Uh, two Saturdays ago, our outreach team led four people to Jesus. Yesterday, they led three more people to Jesus, and they had se several healings and miracles in between. With all that, come on, Jesus. <clears throat> um, we had our five-year anniversary conference uh, a couple weeks back and had a great time. How many people were able to join us for that? We had a great time. Pastor Bill Johnson, Pastor Chris Valentin with us. Jake Hamilton, our teams, it was amazing. And you know, putting on a, an event like that costs, costs money to do, which is fine. Uh, God is good. But uh, we went into the Sunday. Um, I, think, I think the expenses were around $11,000 to put on the conference, flights, hotels, meals, you know, uh, you know banners, advertising, all this stuff that goes into it. And uh, we went into the Sunday about $7,000 short of making the budget. And so I let people know that on Sunday. I said, hey, we need help to make this up. We took one more offering on the Sunday morning, and we came out $23,000 over budget. Come on, Jesus. Can we give Jesus praise? Come on, can we give Jesus praise? And, uh, you know, in that, in that budget, you know, we had just the bare minimum of honorariums, right? But we didn't, well, listen, God's not a God of just enough. And we're not a house of just enough. We are a generous people. You are a generous people. And, uh, and I even said on that Sunday, listen, our heart is to put the honor in honorarium. Right, to really bless. So you allowed us to do that and to really bless, and it was, it, was, it was amazing to be able to do that. Plus, what you didn't know is that God had started stirring in, um, in Renee's heart and then my heart uh, for giving in to Israel at a more significant level. Now, this was before the war broke out. And we didn't know. God was just stirring in our heart to give in to Israel. And so Renee and I had committed in our heart, like, listen, we're like, we're like, oh God, we hope enough money comes in for this conference. But we had committed in our heart to give a portion. We wanted to tithe off of what came in on the conference to Israel. 
Not knowing if enough money was gonna come in, just believing God, right? So we, before we put it in our hearts to do that, and then like I said, we had 23,000 above our expenses come in. And so we were able to gift into Israel $3,500 from the overflow of the conference. So we, we, we took a tithe of what came in. Now, listen, and then the war, the war broke out and we took an offering um, on the Sunday following um, for that and we had $6,700 come in in that offering. So we have sent or sending $10,200 to Israel to help with aid and the efforts. We have two, two kingdom ministries that we are dividing that money up to and sending to in Israel. So thank you for being a generous people and a generous house. Come on, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> um, I want to, uh, in in a date coming up on the November 12th, I want to take a little bit of time out of the service, and I want to, I want to allow us to do a bit of a deep dive um, and talk about. Right, we're in this momentum campaign. You know, we we mention it often. We're, you know, we're raising um, funds to pay off the building. Right, I keep saying that to pay off the building so that we can expand, that we can go after what God has put on his heart. Uh, but there are some dynamics. We started this building uh, in 2020, this building project in 2020. Anybody remember 2020? Yes, me too. And uh, it's one of the things in the spirit we're going to be breaking off in a minute. But <laughs> 2020, we moved into 2021. It, uh, there was, uh, you know, the supply chain shortage became a reality as we were doing it. There's lots of dynamics that have gone in, um, some unforeseen dynamics that have, that have gone in that have put time constraints on uh, what we're doing. And God has shown up miraculously throughout the process because he's good, <laughs> and because we set our hearts to be generous. But I want to, we, you know, we take five minutes here and there and talk about it, but I want to take a bigger chunk of time and actually lay out timelines and show you what we're doing, show you where God has shown up miraculously, show you what we have left, the time frame we're working with, and, and um, yeah, and how we're, we're approaching it all. So I'm going to do that on November 12th. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. All right. That's that. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Spiritual warfare, taking more ground. Come on. How many people know that when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, Matthew 6, where the place where he intentionally says, pray this way. It's written down. It's recorded. Pray this way. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is an inviting and a pulling down and an expanding on earth as it is in heaven. There is ground to be taken for the kingdom of heaven. That in the original assignment, that wherever your feet tread, I give you the land. Go forth, go forth, occupy, multiply, and occupy the land. There is an expanding of the ways and the nature of God that is part of our assignment as the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. We have an assignment. Someone say, I'm on assignment. I'm on assignment. 
We are on assignment to expand the boundaries and the borders of his kingdom on earth. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, to, to know that we are on an assignment is to know that we are in a battle. Hmm. How many people know that there is an adversary? There is an enemy. There is someone that we are taking the land back from. That God created the, the heavens and the earth and that God created Adam and, and Eve in the garden. God created a garden called Eve and then he created mankind and put mankind in the center of this garden. Do you know that, that the word Eden means pleasure or delight in Hebrew? God created and then he created a garden called his pleasure or delight, and then he put mankind right in the center of his pleasure. You know, the pleasure of God isn't something that we're to be working for, but that we're meant to be working from. And that is what we are meant to be expanding on the earth. But you know the story that, that there was the fall, that Adam and Eve disobeyed, there was a fall, sin came into the picture, and the keys of authority for the planet, for this realm, were given to the enemy, given to the devil, right? But that's not the end of the story. <clears throat> but Jesus came. Jesus came, he, he lived the perfect sinless life, he died on the cross, Right, he died, he was buried, he was resurrected three days later, but in between, Jesus went down, took the keys back from Satan, kicked him around a little bit. He ascended on high, gave gifts to men, said, it's my good pleasure to give you the keys of the kingdom. <laughs> so he took, listen, he took the keys back, but it's our job to take the land back. So he took the keys and he gave it to it. And he said, now go on assignment. Yeah. <laughs> Restoring the original commission. Listen, in order to be victorious, and we are a victorious people, but there has to be a battle if we're to be victorious. For overcomers, there's got to be something that we overcome. If we're called to fight the good fight, then there must be a fight at hand. I'm not trying to, to <clears throat> scare anybody. How many people know we're not afraid of the devil? He's already been defeated. <laughs> that we are, we are on team Jesus and Jesus is winning. And the amazing thing is, it's not, we're, listen, we're not up by two points going into the last minute of the game. Like, listen, it's not, a, it's not like maybe we're going to win, maybe we're not. It's already been decided that we are on team Jesus. But listen, we still have to finish the fight. <laughs> well, why did it get quiet at that part? <laughs> People are like, yeah, we already won. Woohoo! Yeah, we got to finish out the game. <laughs> we're still in the fight. We just know what team we're on. How many people know that you enter a battle differently when you know that you are on the winning side? 
when you know that you are the superior strength. <laughs> when you know that your enemy has already been defeated. <laughs> when you know that he is already under your feet. <laughs> the way that you enter is different. <laughs> but we still have to enter. We still have to take the land. We still have to fight the fight. We still have to take authority. We still have to subdue. I got one person who's with me now on this part. We still have to declare. We still have to proclaim. We still have to take dominion. We still have to break the chains. We still have to set the captives free. We are on an assignment. We are on the victorious team. But we are still in the fight. And we need to know that we're in the fight. You can't take the land if you don't know who you're taking it for and who you're taking it from. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we're called, we're called to take the land. We're called to shift the atmosphere. We're called to transform households and cities and regions. How many people know that transformation starts right here, though? Right here. Thank you, Jesus. Can we put up Ephesians chapter 6? You got your Bibles. It'll be up there. I got some, I switched up some of my message, so some of the verses I'm going to be going aren't going to be up there, but that's all right, because you should have your Bibles. If you don't got a Bible, you should have a phone. But Ephesians chapter 6, there is a fight to be won. Ephesians 6 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. If God gives us armor, there must be a reason. Put on the whole armor armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand." Listen, stand there doesn't just mean survive. Stand there also means to establish. Stand means to establish. Establish what? His kingdom. The ways of his kingdom. The ways of his nature, his rule and his reign, to stand in the breakthrough for which you have established, it also means to bring balance. <laughs> Listen, that you are a conduit. The Bible says that we, who are new creations in Christ Jesus, are seated in heavenly places. Back to Matthew 6, pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. Well, if we're both here and there at the same time, where's the first place heaven is meant to touch earth through? It's us, his bride, his new creation. It means to to stand, it means to establish, it means to bring balance to. 
Balance. How many people think that the world is a little bit out of balance right now? <laughs> that we are called to bring balance, to bring shift, to bring adjustment, to bring the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. That we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Listen, how many people know that this realm this earth, this land that we stand on, this is the first heaven. The th where God dwells, where his throne is, that's the third heaven. But in between, there's a second heaven where the fallen angels dwell. <laughs> but we are called to bring heaven, third heaven, to earth, first heaven. But... In between is the second heaven, which is why we need something called breakthrough. Whew. We got anybody who's up for a fight? <laughs> One that you already know you win? Listen, breakthrough. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. I shared this just two weeks ago or so. The violent take it by force. That word violent there in the Greek is actually the word, it is, it's the word breakthrough, but it is a violent breaking through, which is why the translator is like, oh, how do we translate this? And some translate it violent. It is a violent breaking through. And I, and I shared this. The context comes from, from the, the shepherd, Bible times shepherd out with his sheep who would be grazing far away from home and so they would have to spend the night and they would build a rock wall up against a, a hillside or cliff. They'd build a rock wall to hem in the sheep. How many people know we have a good shepherd who keeps us hemmed in, protected? <laughs> but the shepherd in the morning, he'd have his sheep in, protected at night, but in the morning the shepherd would get up and the first thing he would do is kick the wall down. It's that word. It is that violent breaking through and then all of the sheep who, are, who have been hemmed in, who are now hungry, would bust forth. He would make the first breakthrough, kick the first stones down and the sheep would break it open wider and wider as they would bust through into green pastures. Oh, this is good teaching. <laughs> So our good shepherd is kicking the stones down, but we need to follow suit. We need to know how to bring breakthrough. Listen, we're not called to be focused on the devil, but we are called to be aware of his plans and his, and his ways. Listen, the wiles of the devil. We need to be aware of his ways and his tricks and his manipulation. We're not called to be focused on him, but we are called to be aware. It is incredibly foolish to exalt the devil. Amen. That's like should be the most basic, like. Incredibly foolish to exalt the devil, but it's also incredibly foolish to ignore his assignment. C.S. Lewis says this. Now this, this language, you just gotta listen in. There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devil. 
or in accordance to the devil. One is to disbelieve in their existence. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors. They hail the materialist, someone who doesn't think there is any spiritual realm or battle. They equally hail the materialist or the magician or the sorcerer with the same delight. An army that does not know it has an enemy lurking is lax and vulnerable. The devil's plans are simple. He wants you to either be afraid of him, and if not afraid, then unaware and numb. But if that's the devil's plans, then to defeat the devil, we simply need to be unafraid and aware. (laughs) He's not that complicated. We simply need to be unafraid and aware. Thank you, Jesus. How many people know he's already defeated? We are not peasants entering this fight. We know, John 10.10, we know the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus, I have come that I may have may have life, that they may have life, excuse me, and they may have it more abundantly. Listen, the devil has a plan. God has a bigger plan. (laughs) And we are on team Jesus. Yes, the devil has a plan. It's to steal, it's to kill, and it's to destroy. Pretty simple. And where those things are going on, there are spirits, there are second heaven spirits at play. But God has a bigger plan. And his plan is to give life and life more abundantly. Do you know that the enemy is constantly, like the materialist, is focused only on the natural realm. It is constantly trying to get us to blame each other for demonic influences. I thought that was a good word. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. How many people know that, that should I go here? Well, I'm going anyway. Listen, pol- political parties can partner with demonic influences, but bashing people isn't gonna change heavenly realities. Come on, listen, we need to speak truth and stand up and call evil, evil, and wickedness, wickedness. We're not called to shy away, but listen, there's something greater at play. Throwing darts at people doesn't cause the effect, the shift in heaven that we're actually looking for. We need to take up our mantle of prayer and go on the offensive and actually identify the enemy who's really at play and take authority where it matters. Thank you, Jesus. We're not, listen, we don't, we don't enter the fight as, as 
as peasants. We're not, we're not under Satan. He's under our feet. We're not weak. He is. Romans chapter 8, verses 37 through 39. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. None of these things can separate us. When we know who we are in Christ Jesus. Listen, it's easy, it's easy to defeat the ways of the enemy when we're not afraid and when we're aware. Do you know, the best way to be aware of what the enemy is doing is not by focusing on the enemy. I will say it again. (laughs) The best way to be aware of what the enemy is doing is not by focusing on the enemy but by focusing on God. And I'll explain why, and I've shared this, um, I've shared this a few times, even of late. But I love Pastor Bill uses the analogy of, the, of those who are trained to spot counterfeit bills. Those who are trained to spot counterfeit bills, they, the way they are trained is not by studying the counterfeit. The way they are trained is by studying the authentic the original, and they study it, and they study it, and they hold it, and they examine it, and they look at it, and they process it, and they get it imprinted. They get it imprinted in them so that when a counterfeit comes across, even before they can identify exactly what is off, they just know something is off. This doesn't match the imprint. This doesn't match the standard, and I know something is wrong. Why? Because counterfeit always changes. The wiles, the manipulation, the tricks, right? It always changes. So you can study one, then the next one will be different. And it will throw you in a loop. But if you study the standard, you can always identify the fake. Listen, the way to know what the enemy is doing is not by studying the enemy, it's by studying God. His ways. To be captivated by his ways. Listen, to to be enthralled with his word. You got quiet, I'll try over here. Listen, to be enthralled with his word. To be in his word, to study the word, to know the word, to know the standard. To know the standard, to be in his word. Listen, this is why, this is why his presence and encounters are valuable. This side of the room is not sure yet. <laughs> Listen, this is why, listen, to be encountered, to be acquainted with the authentic and the original. 
Oh, God, I know. Oh, I'm with you. Oh, the fruit of your spirit. Oh, this love, this joy, this peace, this patience, this goodness, this kindness that I'm experiencing, right? This self-control, I'm experiencing it. Then when something opposite of that approaches, I go, oh, that doesn't line up with the God that I know. Because you're acquainted with the standard. You're acquainted with the word. You're not tossed to and fro. Listen, this this day and age society is upside down and inside out and tossed left to right to and fro. To the point they're confused what a man is and what a woman is. It's not supposed to be confusing. But listen, when you're not acquainted with the standard, deception feels logical. It creates place, it creates place for it to work its way in and it begins to feel justified. Yeah, yeah, according to to my own standard, that feels right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, the the standard. I have I don't have my wallet. The standard. Listen, the the gold the gold standard. Listen, our currency used to be based on the gold standard. And so they took paper. Paper in itself doesn't have much value. But they imprinted on the paper, and then they, then they tied, they identified the paper to gold, and it became the gold standard. But now this piece of paper that is identified or tied to gold, listen, this paper is now worth gold. You and I, you and I, who God took out of the muck and the mire, put us into his marvelous light, you and I, who he's given beauty for ashes, you and I, who were dead in our sins and our trespasses, he pulled us out and he put us in Christ Jesus. We were baptized into Christ. That that you are identified to creates your value. I don't have a dollar, but paper, this, this paper is, isn't worth anything unless it's tied to gold. Now it's powerful. We are in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, we're called to take ground in Jesus. We're called to transform cities 
regions. We're first called to transform ourselves and our household. You know, I love, you know, Pastor Bill, he used to say a lot back in the day. He said, I don't know what's happening out there, but in this three-foot circle is revival. <laughs> what does that mean? It means, listen, part of that means the ways of God triumph here. The standard is present here. The, the standard is present and it's undiluted. God is ruling and reigning right here. And out of that rule and reign, when I step into another situation, I now bring that rule and reign with me. <laughs> because I've won this land. I've won this land. I know who Jesus is. I know what his word says. I know that he's a good father. I know that he's a healer. I know that he's the provider. I know that he's the deliverer. And when that rules and reigns, when I step into your situation and you need deliverance, guess what happens? Thank you, Jesus. Listen, it's... I think one of the, to know, to, know the, to know the standard. You know, one of my, one of my favorite practices, I, I mentioned it already, but Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Whose Spirit? His Spirit. It's describing the fruit of His Spirit as it's worked out in us, but it's the fruit of His Spirit. Or another way I like to look at it is that it is the nature and the attributes of his spirit or his realm or his dominion, love. Love is, a, is, is the attribute of his nature and his realm. And we're called to bring heaven to earth. So in any situation you're in, any meeting, any, any situation you're in, you can ask yourself, is heaven's measure of love present? And if not, we now have an assignment. Oh, God, thank you for bringing more love. In any situation, is, is the measure of heaven's peace present? Now listen, this is a big one for some people. Right now, in this season, in this hour, when you, when you step into a room, how much peace is present? Listen, when you walk into your home, how much peace is present? When you, when you interact with your spouse, how much peace is present? <laughs> Listen, when, it, when you go to work, how much peace is present? Not the materialist realm, not the world's realm, not first heaven's measure, third heaven's measure. Listen, when you're, when you're about to minister to someone, when you're about to, to pray deliverance, to pray healing, to pray for breakthrough, how much love is present? How much third heaven love? How much third heaven peace? How much third heaven joy? 
and on and on and on. Whew. To, to know the standard so that you can recognize the counterfeit. But listen, I'm going to end here. If I can have the team start to make their way back up. Thank you, Jesus. I think, I think one of, the, one of the, the spirits that God has been trying to release in, in this season, the last couple years, more than, more than anything is isolation. God is trying to get people disconnected and isolated because in that place, the thought caster can, can wear you down. How many people know that God's version of kingdom is family? That's why he refers to himself as father. But I wanna, I wanna do spiritual warfare and I wanna declare over you that you belong. Listen, for a long time, for generations, God's been trying to release dissension and disconnection and get people opposing each other over anything he can throw in there. Anything he can throw in there. Let's disconnect over whatever the enemy can think of. How many people know we're less powerful disconnected? That that God needs all of us for the assignment. Ephesians 2, you all are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. You all. Not, Not some who are more spiritually anointed than others, you all. And I'm reminded of Nehemiah, right? Building, rebuilding the walls, it took everyone. It didn't just take an anointed few, not just the captains, not just the officials, not just the elected, like, it took everybody. It took everyone with such buy-in that while some worked, others stood on guard in shifts. And then they would rotate. Why? Because there was an assignment. And there was an enemy. Are you tracking with me? (laughs) And I preached on this a couple weeks ago. I'm not taking time to deep dive into that story, but there there was an assignment to rebuild the wall. And when the enemy of Sanbel and Tobiah, they called to him and they and you know they tried to trick him, the wiles of the enemy, to get him, to draw him out where they could ambush him. He said, No way am I coming down to you. You're making up thoughts in your head. You're making up thoughts in your head, and why would I leave this good work that I'm doing for the Lord? Nehemiah, you could say it this way. Listen, worship is to draw near to and to kiss. Nehemiah had been kissed by the standard, by the king by the creator, by the one who mattered. 
And when the enemy came with his wiles, his tricks, he wasn't moved. It takes everyone. Listen, you belong, because we're being fitted together for a holy temple in the Lord. You belong because you are highly favored. Now listen, as I keep going, I feel like God is gonna begin to break off some things off of people. Listen, that, that isolation that he tried to create, he just ramped it up tenfold in COVID and since. Listen, he infused into culture a normal, that it's normal to be disconnected. And listen, not only normal, but it's safer. Listen, that is a second heaven thought pattern. That is not the family and the nature of God. Listen, isolation doesn't protect you. Isolation makes you vulnerable. You belong because you're highly favored. You are highly favored. You belong because... The body can't go where it's called to go without you. You belong because your joy and your sound is unique. You're called because you are part of the community and a builder of the walls. You belong because you're not just a receiver of community, but you're a giver of community. How many people know that God created it on purpose that others will have what you need, but you will have what others need? Listen, we need to stop looking at community just through the eyes of what can I receive. Listen, if the community doesn't have something, maybe it's because you're meant to bring it. You belong because the Father loves you. If he loves you, then you're not meant to hide who you are. You feel, you belong because you feel a special place in God's heart. Listen, you belong because there's a bunch of people who are maturing in the body of Christ who aren't afraid of your junk. Listen, that's a good word right there. Because we're, we're moving past pretense and pretending church and acting like we all have it all together. <laughs> no, God doesn't need perfect porcelain figurines. He needs real broken loving believers who are like, listen, I embrace you because you are in Christ. Even though you're in the process of being perfected, I am in the process of being perfected and we can love on each other and trust each other and grow each other until we raise up together as the full body of Christ. So why you have junk? So does the person next to you and the person next to them. Nobody's afraid of your junk. You belong. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we break that off in Jesus' name. We break that off in Jesus' name. Now, the last thing I want to say is, listen, we just talked about junk. And that's, we just said, no one's afraid of your junk. But I would say this. 
Sin is like having gaps in the armor. Sin is like having gaps in the armor. We're called to put on the, the whole armor of God, the shield of faith, so we, can, so we can block, defend the fiery darts of the enemy. Listen, and we all are locking arms and we're building a wall. We all are becoming, we're building up a, a temple, a holy temple for the Lord a dwelling place for the Lord in the spirit. We all, but sin is like having gaps in the armor where, where the darts of the enemy can get in. And then dissension and thoughts get in that start to feel, second heaven thoughts that start to feel like they make sense. Listen, when you're connected to the standard, there's no place for bitterness. But listen, when you're not connected to the standard and someone, right, in their, in their brokenness, out of their junk, they do something that hurts you and you get offended, you start to get bitter. Listen, in the suck in heaven realm, if you're not connected to the standard, it starts to make sense and you can justify your feelings. Oh yeah, that makes, I should be mad. Oh, I'm going to hold, oh, you better believe I'm going to hold this against them. I'm not even going to say anything to them. I'm just going to fume so much they're going to feel it from a distance. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to break relationship and not talk to them. I'm going to turn my back to them. I'm going to talk about them to everybody else. And yeah, that makes sense because I'm mad. Listen, that only makes sense when you're not connected to the standard. But if you're practicing the love, oh, Father, how much, the third heaven measure of your love, that thing just begins to dissolve. Listen, sin is like having gaps in the armor. If we're called to build the wall, if we're called to expand the kingdom, we gotta get the junk out. Can we just stand to our feet right now? Listen, God is releasing grace. And in this season, God is releasing grace to get the junk out. Listen, God is increasing trust in community, in fellowship. God is actually beginning to release a trust of like, wow, these people aren't gonna be afraid of my junk. Listen, I can tell someone that I'm struggling with addiction. I can tell someone that I'm struggling with lust. I can tell someone I'm struggling with anger. I can tell someone I'm struggling with fear. And guess what? They're not gonna throw darts. <laughs> They're not gonna run away. They're gonna embrace me and pray with me and agree with me for breakthrough. But God is releasing and a higher awareness of the standard right now. So we're gonna go into worship and we're just gonna let God have his way. And if there's something that God wants to deal with you on, that's fine. 
Just let them deal with you. Just, just offer it to God. God, whoa, that thing, yeah. As I lean into the standard, he starts to identify things that are out of alignment. Oh, God, that thing, okay, yes, here, you have that. Just let them have it. Just let them have it. It could be little things, it could be big things, it doesn't matter. He's just bringing higher alignment. I'm gonna pray for you. And later in a, in a few minutes, we're gonna have, we're gonna have the ministry team come and be available, but just for a moment, we're gonna have a time in the spirit. Listen, when it's time to draw near and kiss, is there, is there something that causes hesitation? Yeah, that thing's gotta go. Is there something that causes fear or shame? That thing's gotta go. He's raising up a beautiful bride and a powerful army. I'm gonna pray, the team's gonna sing, and we're just gonna have some time. Right there in the seat, you can come to the front. It doesn't, listen, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be your schedule. It could be your agenda. It could be, it could be the way that you've been talking to people. Anything that God shows you that you wanna give to him, there's just gonna be space up here. God is clearing out the clutter. He's cleaning out his people. He's closing up the gaps in the armor so that we can advance all together as a unified front and take more ground for the king and his kingdom. Does that sound okay to you? Well, I'm overwhelmed by your response there. I'm gonna pray. Father, we thank you. And then the team's just going to begin to sing and you just have a moment with God. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for raising the standard over us. We thank you for raising your banner of love over us. We thank you that you're a good father. We thank you that you are the good shepherd who kicks down the first stone. Father, I thank you that you desire to connect us to your third heaven love, your third heaven peace, your third heaven self-control, God. Any stones, Father, that you want to kick down, Father, that still remain of the wall that keep us from running into the full pastures that you have for us, God, just do it now. God, we just repent for anything that's gotten in the way. <laughs> and we say, come. Lord Jesus, and have your way. Father, I thank you for your peace and your goodness and your shalom. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.